Planet FM is a platform that champions diversity. Not all our programs reflect the views of the station. We encourage you to consider a wide range of information from trusted sources when making decisions about your health. On Skype from London, I have David Icke. David Icke is one of the world's foremost commentators on the state of our planet from the microcosm to the macrocosm. And the insights that he has is triggering a remarkable wake-up in so many people from around the globe. This is the best recording we could obtain. I trust you enjoy it. Kia ora. Greetings from Aotearoa, New Zealand, David. Hello, Tim. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Well, all I want to do, David, first, is thank you for your courage. Well, that's very kind of you. Major courage. The, uh, the thing is, though, that when you start to realise what's going on, from my personality's point of view anyway, you can't do anything but run at it because um, this is not just about us. This is about young people today, children today, grandchildren today, because if people think it's uh, the world's going into a place they don't like now, well, stick around because this is not where it's meant to end. This is just where it is now, so... It's really, I think, when you start to understand what's happening, that's a gift, really, a gift of understanding. And it comes with responsibility, not to be a cul-de-sac for information. Oh, yeah, I know what's going on. We'll tell other people then. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's something that's just in me. I can't not do it. I'll be doing it to the day I keel over. That's all just surrender to the greater whole and, and be this chalice to bring about the change. Yeah, I mean, we talk about... <laughs> People waking up, but waking up from what? What is this slumber that holds people in, I would call it perceptual servitude, that keeps people believing in a system that is screwing it by the hour? There's that great line, they piss on us and we say it's raining. I mean, that's a great line, because that's what's happening. The human race is being herded into a global... Orwellian fascist communist state but that has almost become normal the manipulation of what is considered normal is really at the heart of this it's getting people to believe that servitude and ignorance which is what is necessary for this control to happen is normal so in Australia you've got this process of forcing vaccinations on people otherwise they don't get benefits now that is by any criteria that is fascism in California they're forcing vaccinations on children they're trying to bring it in everywhere because it's a global agenda now if being forced to have a toxic potion concoction injected into your children's body and your own body by law is not fascism then there is no definition of fascism left but how many people will be supporting it lots of people will be opposing it but who are supporting it because they've bought the idea that unvaccinated children are a threat to their own children and my question to that is well thought you children had been vaccinated yes. well yeah well why is anyone a threat to them it works doesn't it well of course uh, <laughs> we know it doesn't so this process and that's just one example of getting people to believe their own servitude is 
normal is fundamental to this myopic tunnel vision that so many people have, where in the peripheral vision, which they're close to, all this manipulation is going on, but they can't see it. So the key to waking up is to break free from that perception program. And if you think about it, Tim, I mean, life is a program. That's what they've created. It's a life program. You come out of the womb and immediately you're influenced by your parents who've been through the process you're about to go through. And then very, very quickly now, you're in school and an authority figure representing the state and the state's version of reality in all its forms is now telling you when you have to be there, when you can leave, when you can eat, when you can talk and what you should believe in terms of the world, life and everything. And then this goes on through all your formative years. Then you go into higher education and at that point you start to, in many, many parts of the world now, you start to pay for your own programming. And you're in debt for for great chunks of your uh, future life to pay for your own programming. And then, of course... Yes, sorry, Tim. It's cunning, isn't it? Uh, Yes, it's clever. I mean, the force which is behind this is what we call evil. The definition of evil is that the very word is the the reverse of the word live. It's anti-life. It's an inversion of life. But even though it is incredibly inverted and sick, it's not intellectually stupid. And it's worked this whole system out very well. And the key to it is keeping the target population in the dark to what you're actually doing and crucially where it's going. So you go through this process we call education, indoctrination, and then you go out into the world, the adult world, and you join a prison. Some people do. You become a judge, a lawyer, a doctor, a scientist, a journalist, a politician. And what you're taking with you is that core programming, which is common to all. That's your perception of the world. That's your perception of normal. And what is normal except merely what people normally experience? If you are living in the outback, then seeing a vehicle is not normal. If you live in an urban street, not seeing a vehicle is (laughs) your normal or is abnormal. So it's just what we normally experience. And so if the system can hold people's attention and perception only in that area that's that myopic area that suits the agenda and whole ignorance necessary for it to operate, if it can do that, then people take on a version of normal, which by any criteria outside of the program is abnormal anti-life as you can get. So what happens then is as people go through in these professions and institutions with this programming, then they all start confirming each other's programming to be normal. So a journalist who's doing a story on health will not go to an alternative healer. Probably been healing people of this particular problem for decades. Go to a doctor. If he's doing a, or she's doing a story on reality, they won't go to people like me who've been studying it for 26 years. They're scientists and get the song sheet. So, and then you come to the big one, which is, I mean, it's been on a television program, PBM here, where there were two sessions. 
one ex-minister and one current member of the UK Parliament. And my goodness me, I mean, ignorance is not absolutely not the word. These two people were clueless about what's going on in the world. And so what you have is a political system which is based on the program being how things are. So decisions made based on that program being real. So we have a situation, and it is totally bizarre, where political decisions are made on the basis of the world being solid and not malleable. And quantum physics is sitting there saying, the world's not solid, it is malleable. It's energy, it's infinite, you can change it. And so it's this extreme inversion of everything, including the inversion of the very nature of reality, which is helping people to do it. So as you start to re-self-identification for me, that is the most important step, first step, is to say, who am I? Am I David Icke, an author and public speaker and researcher? No, I'm not. That is my experience. Yes. That is what I am doing. And it's given a name, David Icke. I am infinite awareness. All that is, has been, and every all possibility having that experience. I am a state of being aware, a pure awareness. And that's you, and that's everybody watching this, and that's everyone else. The program must get that, if you like, incarnate awareness or part of it that's experiencing directly to self-identify with its name, its body, its race, its income bracket, its politics, its religion, because then they got you. Because now they know. my new book phantom self now your phantom self the self that is actually your experience but you think it is you no you are infinite awareness having that experience and when I find anyway when you move that point of self-identification self-identification from phantom self and the label self as I call it to I am awareness experience everything starts to change the program starts to dilute the layers, the onion skins of programming and perception programming start to fall. Now, instead of looking at dots and pixels, now you start in pictures as you see how they fit. And the world becomes a very, very, very different place. And it's not that I must awaken to something. I must awaken to enlightenment. No, no. We are enlightened. All of us. We're infinite. Else. All that is, has been, and ever can be needs to happen is that, you know, we don't have to kind of come here to be enlightened in expanded awareness. We need to remove this programming so that we become what we already are and become influenced exceptions by what we already are. This is the key. We don't have to, you know, seek and you shall find. We don't have to seek enlightenment we already are the programming deletion the perception programming that opens the door opens the gate to what you all are and then the world looks a very different place I agree totally we are in this matrix and you mentioned a word there you said incarnate there's a lot of people naturally don't have an understanding of what to incarnate means can you just clarify that well, 
I mean, I say some to the sense of normal, some apparently outrageous things about what's happening in the world. But let's evaluate normal to the point where what I say is mild compared with what's happening while we think something else is happening. If I said to most people, can you see everything in the space you're looking at? Most people say, yeah, well, of course can. But actually, even according to stream science, the electromagnetic spectrum is 0.005% of what exists, they think exists in this universe in matter and energy of various kinds. And some say it's a bit more, as high as 0.5%, but it's infinitesimal away. And visible light, which is the only frequency band that we can see and turn into a visual reality, is a fraction of the 0.005%. So, when you start from there, a question comes to mind to those dismiss things that I say that are outside the norm in terms of reality, what have you. So, okay, what exists in the almost entirety of this universe, according to mainstream science, never mind me, that you can't see? And, of course, they go, well, I don't know. So why are you dismissing with a wave of the concrete mind what people suggest exists in that? Because they're normal is if it was happening, we would see it. Well, only if it's in the fraction of 0.005% would you see it. In that little area of the brain which turns electrical information into what I would say is holographic, illusory physical information which we perceive as realities. And then you, again, mainstream science says that we are the brain is receiving 11 million what they call sensations, basically almost like pictures of the world every second, million. And yet the brain takes 40 per second of that 11 million to turn it into our visual reality. So how much are we not seeing even in the area that we can see? And the rest goes into the conscious. That's why this programming is overwhelmingly targeting the subconscious subliminally below the threshold below the threshold of the conscious awareness of the mind and so the program the vast majority of the program the perception program is not even voice to ear or vision to eye that we can commonly perceive it's going into the subconscious and then people have this perception or I think this and I think that it's coming from them. Actually, it's that subconscious download that's filtering through to the conscious mind. This is how subliminal advertising works, of course. It's designed to not let you see it, but then when you're walking down the aisle in the supermarket, you'll see something, it'll catch your eye, and you'll be attracted to it. You won't know why. Oh, what's this? Well, actually, there was that advert you looked at in the paper two weeks ago. Uh, which you didn't even look at. You were reading the story next to it. <laughs> this is how it works. And to get over that, we need to expand our sense of awareness, possibility, and perception to the point where we are in frequency terms, all down to frequency in the end, outside of it. 
And if you're in frequency terms outside of the program, because as you expand your awareness, your frequency increases, then there's not that um, connection anymore left for this massive download of perception influence. Agreed. I'm becoming more indigenous every day, David. I'll get outside and I can get my feet on the ground and see water or on the beach, but I'm away from the city. But one of the things is that Nikola Tesla, he said that, and you've heard this a million times, but it's good to repeat it for the for listeners, he said, when scientists or entities study the invisible, in 10 years we will make more headway than we have in the whole of our history because he realised that the invisible contained huge amounts compared to the finite stuff that we're actually picking up. I use that quote in this World Tour event, which comes coming to Auckland on August 6th. So I use that quote because when I do these talks, they go from 10 in the morning to 10 in the evening. In four sections, there are breaks. And people say, how can you speak for what is like nine hours of speaking? And my reply is, and this is true, and it's happening again now, my problem is not filling the time, it's having the time to say all that I want. <laughs> I, could, I could put another two hours on that, no problem. But obviously people have to go home and we'd have to do breakfast and all that stuff. So I have to, but the thing is, the dots you have to connect to make a different sense, completely different sense of the world, of the scene, and the the experience of the conscious mind, you have to go through dot by dot by dot, many, many apparently unconnected subjects. And one section, section two, is all about the illusory nature of reality and what reality is. And that's where that Tesla quote comes in. Because um, we've been manipulated into a belief that the world that we see and experience is the same as where that world is coming from. For instance, it's the same as watching a movie on a big screen and believing the movie is coming from the screen. It isn't. The movie is a reflection of what's coming from the projector in the hidden at the back or whatever the digital way it is now I'm sitting with a computer in front of me and on the screen is what you would perceive the internet to be it's pictures and it's graphics and it's moving pictures still images, text but the only place that exists in the whole system of the internet is on the screen everywhere else the internet is information there's a tower down here and, and what have you. It's information. And what the computer is doing is decoding that, that information into what I see on the screen. If I had Wi-Fi here and I said to someone who didn't know anything about computers, never heard of them, that there is a whole worldwide reality which anyone in the world can log into and experience and explore in the space that we're sitting in, they'd say, you're mad. You're talking about. I can't see it. Where is it? Are you on something? What's going on? And yet, because people are, are now um, au fait with computers and how computers 
log into the Wi-Fi hidden information fields and turn it into things on the screen, then if I describe Wi-Fi and, and how, how it becomes the internet, they say, oh yeah, yeah, I know that, mate. yeah, yeah, I know that. The point that's missed is the body is what I've been calling now for 20 odd years, a biological computer in the sense that it is decoding information into what we see as on our screen as what we perceive as the world, the world of the, the, the physical. And therefore, if I want to only put on this computer screen what I want it to be there, then I could put, well, I couldn't because I'm not that skilled on that, but a techie could put firewalls in this computer system so that computer will only read certain fields and information or sources of information and thus will only put that on the screen and will not put anything else on the screen. I mean, look in China. They firewalled their internet system so people can't get vast amounts of information available to other people. Now, imagine this. How about if this programming that we're talking about did the same to humans and stopped us accessing vast amounts of information to decode into a reality and thus we're only decoding what those perceptual firewalls allow us to decode and that's why when you start to expand your awareness beyond the program that's when you start to see the world in a much more expanded way because you've gone beyond the firewalls and there was a story I've told in a number of books um, because it's so brilliantly indicative of what I'm saying back in the 90s I read a book called The Holographic Universe by a man called Michael Tobert yes read that great book excellent book great book what he was doing for people who haven't read it was looking at the mainstream scientific information or the cutting edge of that actually this world is holographic in other words it's illusory physical not really physical which is what quantum physics has confirmed anyway he tells a story in the book that his father had a party at a home and brought stage hypnotists to do party tricks and at one point he had a man called Tom sitting in the chair in a an hypnotic state and he said to Tom when I bring you back to a waking state you're not going to be able to see your daughter in the room at which point he leads the daughter to stand in front of her father so he's looking into her belly he apparently brings him back to a waking state and he says to Tom can you see your daughter in the room and he's looking around he says no I can't see her she's here the hypnotist then his hand in the small of her back and said, I'm holding something, Tom. What am I holding? And Tom went, well, you're holding a watch. It was obvious to him. Well, his daughter's between him and the watch. He then said, there's an inscription on the watch. Can you read it? And he read it. And if I said that to mainstream scientists, except those on the cutting edge, there are some, they'd say that's mad. That could never have happened. That's impossible. In fact, it's really simple to explain. The base state of... This reality is not what we see. It's energetic information, expressions of consciousness, expressions of even technological information. And if that energetic level is not that information on an energetic level, is not decoded into a holographic state, whatever that information is, 
doesn't exist in the world of the sea. So what happened in this example is the hypnotist had put firewalls in Tom's mind by the suggestion that he won't be able to see his daughter. Thus, her energetic field becomes firewalled from his decoding processes. He's not decoding it into a holographic state which comes into the world of the scene within what we call visible light. If he's not decoded into that level by him, he won't be able to see her. And because he's not holographically in his sense of reality, there's nothing to stop him seeing what's behind her because in his reality, she's not there. She's there energetically, but not within the frequency band of what we call the physical. And other people in the room apparently were laughing because he couldn't see his daughter. But they hadn't been firewalled, so they could see her. But he couldn't. Mm. And then, of course, when the firewall is broken by the hypnotist, suddenly he sees her again. Now, when you take that on board and you see the massive, constant tidal wave of suggestion, and in the end, hypnotic suggestion, what are we being firewalled from? that we cannot see when we normally would. And it's no accident that when people, and this again is mainstream science, when people are watching television, they go into the same brainwave state as they do in a hypnotic trance. That is all not by accident. Yes, well, New Zealand's full of 52-inch TV screens at the moment, David. Big, big challenge around there. I haven't had a TV for so many years, uh, you know, 15, 20 years. Now, one of the things I was saying, we are an energy field oscillating in time and space in the middle of a universal energy field, and that's basically it. That as a field of energy, we can move in this greater universal energy field, and of course there's other things that happen, but getting down to just the fact that we are oscillating in time and space... Without yeah, and the thing is, just going back to what you were talking about a little while ago, our awareness is not even close to the frequency that we're experiencing. Not even close. So at the level of our awareness, the frequency between me and this pair of glasses is fantastic. Thus, I couldn't pick them up. I couldn't interact with this world as it is. So we take on an outer shell, if you like, of this biological computer, which is operating at the holographic level anyway, in the frequency band that we are experiencing through the conscious mind. Thus, the frequency connection means that I can interact with this world. And like I say, the, the program the conspiracy is founded on people self-identifying with this as who they are and the first thing that happens when you self-identify with this as you rather than a vehicle for your experience all you can see is limitation all you can see is I can't all you can see is it's not possible but when as you rightly point out you, you start to realize that everything in the end is just energy and awareness, then that means that you can change anything. But only if your expanded awareness 
and gets to a point where it goes beyond the program because if you don't, that program is constantly telling you, you can't, you're little me, it's impossible. And it's downloading a sense of limitation everywhere. And from a sense of limitation comes an experience of limitation. I have this phrase, uh, what you believe, you perceive, and what you perceive, you experience. Which is why what we perceive has to change so that what we believe has to change. So what we perceive and what we experience must therefore change. This is what the awakening is all about. This is saying we have become gods of limitation when in actual fact we're the opposite. You know, people, they talk about God. And when you look at religion, I call it the greatest form of mind control ever invented because it's constantly telling you that you are little me. Because what happens is they, first of all, identify you as the phantom self. And the phantom self is subject to this, well, sometimes vicious and bloodthirsty and sometimes apparently loving God. And you have to keep God happy, otherwise you're going to be in a bit of trouble. So how do I keep God happy? Oh, okay, well, here's a guy in a frock called a priest, an imam, a bishop, whatever. And he, or a rabbi, and he knows what God wants to keep God happy, right? So what you have to do is listen to these men in frocks. They'll tell you what to do to keep God happy, and then you'll be fine. And always in religion, the benefits of all this are always in the future, aren't they? It's like riding a carousel horse and thinking you're going to catch the one in front. It's always tomorrow, always tomorrow. When's paradise coming? Oh, when you die, that's when paradise is coming. Only if you believe in Jesus, though. What if you lived a really nice life and you've been very kind and very generous and everything to people, but you don't believe in Jesus? Bad news. And if, you, if, if you're a mass murderer or you've been manipulating people on the, the financial markets, causing... And you've gone to war with people, and suddenly you believe in Jesus or on your deathbed, you'll be fine. Right? Okay. I mean, it's like deep breath, look at it again. It's nonsense, but what it is, it's a control system, a perception control system. And how many people have done horrible things because they believe that their God will bring them into paradise when they die? I mean, endless many people are still doing it. It's the same with all these religions, because if you look at them, it's a program. They're called different names, but it's a program. If you're a Christian, okay, you go to church, and your middleman is the bishop or the vicar. If you are Jewish, then you go to the synagogue, and your middleman is the rabbi. If you're a Muslim, you go to a mosque, and your middleman is the imam or whatever it is. And it's the same with Hindus. I mean, Hindus believe in something like 50,000 gods. I don't know how they keep up. <laughs> but it's all a program, and it's the same thing. You've got your middlemen, your target population, and your version of God, which who must be kept happy. And in truth, I would suggest, and it's another reason why, one of the great blasphemies in all these religions, basically, not necessarily all of them, but most of them, is to say... What you call God, I am God. We're all an expression of this infinite awareness that you call God and personify and personalize. And thus, I am an expression of infinite awareness. I am an expression of this 
what you call God. That is the big blasphemy because you have to be held in this perception prison of little me and I must do things, I must live my life in accordance with what you say he wants. And if you, what I'm saying from another angle, we are all expressions of this infinite awareness, this eternal awareness. But not everyone, I think it's kind of obvious, not everyone is infinitely aware. Of course not. There is infinite awareness in awareness of itself, i.e. in awareness that it's what it is. And then there's expressions of it that are trapped in these perception prisons where they're only operating on a tiny part, a tiny expression of this infinite awareness. And therefore, they can do crazy, ridiculous and horrific things. And when I'm talking about expanding your awareness and expanding your sense of self-identity, all I'm talking about is actually accessing, allowing in by breaking through the programs that are stopping it, allowing in more and more and more of this infinite awareness. And from that perspective, your perception of everything expands, how you see the world expands, how you see life expands, all of it. But all you're doing is taking in more and more of this infinite awareness. And eventually there are levels where what I call infinite awareness and awareness of itself, where some levels of this infinite awareness ultimately are infinitely aware of everything. And that's the level that people call God. So when people say God is everywhere, God's always watching, God knows all, all and all this stuff, these are just ways of saying infinite awareness and awareness of itself. And we can tap into, ultimately, we can tap into that infinity of awareness. And the idea of the program is to hold us in a span of awareness the size of a pea, because then, then they got us. Because that which is behind all this, and it's not politicians, they're just gophers, most of them ignorant gophers who are just playing out the program. Deep, deep, deep in the shadows well into the realms of the hidden. That's where this is coming from. That's where the projector is that we see on the screen. And that level is deeply distorted, deeply inverted, and deeply misguided. And from, a, if you like, a, a spiritual point of view, pretty stupid. Intellectually, it's very bright, as we've discussed, but spiritually, stupid. It's not that it's all powerful, and that's why it can manipulate us. It's that it has a knowledge of how we interact with reality, and much more that that I'll go into in the talks on the World Tour. And thus, it has worked to create a society structure of information exchange that keeps us in the dark in terms of reality and how we're creating it and interacting with it, so that it knows we don't. This is why we have unbelievably biased Orwellian laws for broadcasters for instance where uh, that which is dealing in psychic matters or the paranormal cannot be presented seriously it has to be presented as entertainment I was watching a program last night out of America and it was about ghosts and stuff and it was fascinating and obviously they captured some very strange phenomena was very interesting. Before the program came on, words came on the screen saying that this program is only for purposes of entertainment. 
is you can't take it seriously because once you start knocking the dominoes down in relation to the paranormal, you start to hit a situation where, first of all, you say, well, actually, this phenomena is real, isn't it? I mean, look at the evidence. And then you then question, well, why is it? What is it? How does this happen? And then your version of normal physical reality starts to crumble. Um, it's the same with alternative methods of healing, like acupuncture, whatever. If you allow that to flourish and people see that it works, in many, many, many cases it works where scalpel and drug medicine does not, then the next domino is the big one. Well, how does it work? And now you're into a totally different explanation of reality. And so they have this process, this technique that I call defend the first domino. So they're defending any sensible exploration of the paranormal, which is not paranormal at all. It's perfectly normal. It's just not the normal that people normally experience because of the program. And they defend the first domino with alternative healing too. Because once the first one goes down, the big question of how does it work and how does this happen, then the whole bloody lot comes down. So this is what they're doing. And where I'm just leading to this, Tim, very quickly, is that it's not that this force that is behind this manipulation is all powerful. It's that it has systematically worked to put humanity in a smaller box than it itself is in. And nothing describes it better than in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. This force is the one-eyed man, and the system, the program is there to make humans blind. Once humans start to expand their awareness and become two-eyed, three-eyed, third-eyed men and women, then the power of the one-eyed manipulator is over. And that's why calling this world tour the worldwide wake-up tour, because we can do all we like, and we should, in terms of exposing the manipulation of banking, of politics, of where it's going, where the world's designed to go, transhumanism, that horrific agenda which is unfolding. We need to do that without people awakening to their true self, awakening beyond the program. Nothing's going to change, because it can't. If we don't change, our experienced reality can't change. Very good. Well, David, what I was really going to ask you was... I'm speaking with David Icke of davidike.com, and he's going to be coming to New Zealand on the 6th of August on the worldwide wake-up tour of Australia and New Zealand. So if you go up to davidike.com, davidike.com, and then... Scroll down and you will see a logo on the right-hand side, Worldwide Wake Up Tour, Australia, New Zealand. Click on that and you'll see how to get your tickets. This is a time for New Zealanders to really get it. <laughs> our window is closing. We've got to get savvy real, real quick and wake up our neighbours and our community across the nation. And now back to that Skype question. How does a human being live on a planet? And then I go back and I say that every baby born into this realm is an energy bundle of exponential potential. And then the baby starts to experience all these different no's. No, stop, sh shut up, go to bed, stop, go away, keep quiet, all these sorts of things. And the program comes in and by the time a child's about four, they've heard maybe 500 different versions of no and only about 
15 or 25 versions of yes and this gets us really early and then of course if we're born of wounded or injured psychically wounded parents then that's as you say but the big difficulty of breaking and shattering that particular program absolutely it starts immediately i mean it probably starts in the womb through external influence during the pregnancy but what we are experiencing is so different to what we think we're experiencing see you mentioned that living on a planet we don't live on a planet we don't live on a planet when i say we i mean awareness our awareness doesn't live on a planet the planet and the world of the scene is equivalent to a vastly expanded uh, and uh, highly developed and advanced uh, computer game Mm. it's it's no accident that the, the same physics that makes a character move in a computer game is the same physics basically that that we move therefore what we call the planet is an information field which we are decoding into a holographic expression like a holographic movie and we experience it as a planet but actually it's just an information field and this this explains again the horror that mainstream scientists feel about what is called astrology it's mad no 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 it's not it's simply information so we have that if you take the universe to be like a wi-fi field it's basically what it is and the more expanded your awareness the more of that field you decode so the more you're aware of the more you're in phantom self and five sense self you're only uh, decoding a small part of it and thus that's the limit of your perception of, of everything and so we have a situation where we have this wi-fi field and there are endless fields within it so and we call in the solar system we call these fields planets but they're information fields in the same way that i've just talked about the earth we are information fields and as these information fields we call planets move through the the greater field they are impacting their information upon that field and where there are what they call conjunctions and all these different sequences of the interrelation of these planets squares all those things the sum of the parts is greater than the parts in its impact upon the field and as the field is impacted upon by these if you like planetary movements and sequences that field thus influenced impacts upon us because we are energetically interacting with it as well and it affects us in many and various ways subtly and sometimes not so subtly but even then if you're in a, a point of expanded awareness where you are in this world physically if you like but not of it in your perception then you can override even the influence of astrology and, and all these things you can override their influence you're much more powerful than that but again i was on this bbc program current affairs program the other night and when you're dealing with an interviewer who is completely and utterly consumed by the program that's all he can see you've got two other guests the political ones i mentioned and they are totally consumed by the program and you've got seven minutes 
and you have got to answer their questions and of course look how long we've been talking now it takes time to get these things across and you can't do it so these things are never discussed as we're discussing them in the mainstream media where most people get their information from that's you know they don't know any of this stuff because education hasn't told them the media's not telling them that the peers are not telling them overwhelmingly because they've been through the same process the parents didn't tell them for the same reason and so you get this classic saying of when everyone's telling you two and two equals five you believe it even though it doesn't and that's the program in a nutshell Yes, well, we human beings, we... I just want to talk to you a little bit about sentience. In the case, indigenous peoples particularly have a relationship with nature and there's a certain sentience with our planet. I mean, people I know can hold stones and they can travel on stones. Or I had a friend who used to go to the museum and put their hands on the Easter Island heads and instantly they would be in Easter Island with those heads. Uh... There's that aspect, but particularly with tuning into animals. Animals can come to you in your dreams and all the telepathic stuff that Rupert Sheldrake talks about. I guess there's just so many different levels of information, but I was just wanting to know that if you had any thoughts on the fact that our planet has some sort of sentience, be it all the biosphere working together or at a deeper level, at a core level? Well, um, from, from my perspective, there is nothing that does not have awareness because everything is an expression of that which is infinitely aware. When people talk about talking to animals or talking to plants, um, again, the mainstream just waves a hand and laughs and says you know, uh, crazy person but actually the truth is that those saying that are the ignorant person in terms of how things are there are many, many experiments that have been done I remember reading about one where they had this plant and they put electrodes on it and they had someone walk in the room and say very nice things to it, be very kind and they measured the response Then they had someone come in and just scream abuse at it and they measured the response, which was greatly different. What they then did was just have the person that hurled the abuse to walk back in the room. And at the moment that person walked in the room, the plant responded in the way that it recognized this person and what had happened. Now, people say, you can't talk to plants. They've not been to school. They don't speak English. Well, yeah, no, but that's not where communication takes place. I mean, what is voice-to-ear information? What What is voice-to-ear? What is the spoken word? It is a vibrational information field which is passed from the vocal cords and the brain or the ears, first of all, decode that into electrical information and they communicate it to the brain where it becomes what we call speech. So, when I'm speaking now, you're not hearing this, and no one watching this or listening to this is hearing this, until their brains decode the information from a vibrational state into an electrical state, and thus they hear the voice. The five senses are merely a vehicle 
to change vibrational information into electrical information, which the brain then decodes into the senses. That's why these different parts of the brain deal with different senses. There are now pain-relieving techniques in hospitals where they work to break the communication of the body between the point of the pain and the brain. Because if the brain doesn't get that message, it doesn't say, ouch. You can smack someone on the leg and it won't hurt until the brain has decoded the message from that point into pain. So when you are um, looking at anything that happens in the world and you do miss this level of what reality is, you cannot possibly even start to really understand it. You can only have a flawed perception of it. So what's happening with the plant is the plant is responding to the vibrational information of the voice and the information it carries. It only carries verbal information when the brain decodes it. You can non-verbal level and you can respond to that if you are sensitive to vibrational fields and plants are trees are, animals are to a much, much greater extent. I mean, all these so-called mysteries that we're told are unexplainable, like why do animals do this just before a storm when you couldn't even see the storm? Why do animals do this just before an earthquake when no one knew it was coming? Well, they did. Why? Because when a storm is starting to brew, before it can be seen, that storm, which is energy, is impacting upon the energetic field in general. And because these animals have not been to school and university <laughs> and watched the television and read the newspapers, they've not been desensitized from what they can naturally do and we can naturally do once we resensitize ourselves. And so they're picking up in the field that this is coming even before it can be seen. They're picking up changes in the field before an earthquake because an earthquake doesn't just happen. There is an energetic electromagnetic build-up to it which they can tap into. And so all these apparent mysteries uh, can be explained once you go to another level of looking at reality. But the mainstream doesn't. And ironically, in the arrogance of ignorance that it's consumed by, it ridicules those who are actually explaining things that they are dismissing because the scientists never said it. Well, that's why it's true then. Yes, well, uh, you're talking resonance with plants. And Cleve Baxter was the one, and then The Secret Life of Plants by Peter Tompkin and Christopher Bird, and then Niall Watson and Supernature. These were books that came out in the mid-70s uh, and towards the 80s and a lot of people were very interested in them and you read them all the way through you spent time with them just like you're spending time talking to me everybody's looking for a one-liner answer to the universe to the answers to life there's no depth we're not taking the time to actually take it all in and either get it instantly or at least mull it over and the challenge is we've become as Pink Floyd said comfortably numb and when you're in a country like New Zealand, we're very complacent in this country because we have it so easy in comparison to so many other people in the world. We don't really make the effort because we know she's right, mate, and got no worries. 
Well, as I'll explain when I come to Auckland, you know, this is a global agenda we're talking about unfolding for human control. And the last time I looked, New Zealand was on the globe, as we experienced it anyway. Thus, it's coming there too, unless we address it. And indeed, you know, there's people in New Zealand who are seeing that because from their own experience and things that are happening there. And so, I, I was saying years ago, you know, ignorance is bliss, but only for a while. If you put your head in the sand when someone tells you a hurricane's coming, then you might have your head in the sand so you don't have to see the hurricane. But your backside's still in the air and the hurricane's still coming. And it's going to whip you up in the air when it comes. If you get your head out of the sand and face it, a hurricane's coming. Then you can take avoiding action, but not if you shut your head to it. And this is the big thing. On a subconscious level, vast numbers of people know that something big time is not right. Big time not right. But the conscious mind is constantly seeking to suppress that because it doesn't want to face reality. The easiest way to manipulate people's perception is to tell them what they want to hear. If someone here is telling them what they want to hear and someone here is telling them what they don't want to hear, who are they going to be most likely to want to believe? This is it. This is why people like me get so much abuse. I get more and more support, massively so now, but more abuse as well. It's because people don't want to hear it. And they'll say things to you. Even, you know, kind of new age type people will say, oh, well, that's negative. We don't want to hear negative. Well, actually, as what we've been talking about in this chat, Tim, has it been negative? You are infinite awareness, or is and has been, ever can be, eternal awareness. I mean, what's negative about that? But this is the point. Negativity is in the eyes of the beholder. It's in the eyes or the mind of the decoder. Do you want to remain in ignorance of what's really happening in the world and how all the dots fit? How banking scams and Syria and Libya and and uh, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. How politics and big pharmaceutical and big biotech and big media and big oil. How does it all fit into a very coherent whole that is very different to how we perceive it? Is it negative to know that by? hearing what the plan is and how the plan manipulates us or is it negative not to know that so before the penny drops the whole global system is locked down not least by a global police military state which is what they want would you like to know what's going on while we have the opportunity to head it off or do you only want to know when there's a knock on the door the guy's asking for your papers this is where we're going you see we talked about New Zealand there, and you could talk about Australia, talk about Britain, talk about America, but they're all in the gun sites of this agenda. And at the moment, we are in the process, in secret, of seeing the next colossal stage in the lockdown and the control system with these trade deals. TPPA. The Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, a TTIP, between the European Union and the United States. The Trans-Pacific Partnership between your area of the world and America and CETA with Canada and the EU. And they're different names for the same trade deal. 
They're different names. That is one global deal. They give it different names so that we don't kind of see that. And when you see what that involves, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, for instance, is, and this is not just New Zealand, this is Australia, this is everywhere that signs up to it. What people take for granted now in terms of abilities to make decisions about what goes on in New Zealand, what is allowed into New Zealand, what is allowed to be grown in New Zealand in things like GMO and whatever, that's going to dramatically change. New Zealand, through this trade deal alone, if they get what they want, and of course, it's so horrific, just like TTIP in Europe and America, it's so horrific they're not allowing people to see the detail of what's being decided and being proposed. Do you know we've got a situation in the European Parliament where members of the European Parliament, elected by the public, in theory anyway, are not allowed to tell the public in any kind of verbatim detail what is in it. They're not allowed to take notes when they're allowed into a room to read some of it. That's how horrific it is. It involves giant corporations being able to dictate massive amounts of what currently the New Zealand government is deciding on. It's able to take governments to court anywhere in this whole trade deal area, the three of them, to a court, a corporate court in effect, for anything a government does that they perceive could affect their profits. Thus, if the New Zealand government does something to protect, say, the health of New Zealanders from the environment of New Zealand, and a corporation says, well, actually, that policy, that new law, is affecting our profits, which comes from damaging the health of New Zealanders and destroying their environment, and same with every other country, they can go to this corporate court and have massive fines imposed upon the New Zealand government, i.e. the New Zealand people, in compensation. This is what we're looking at. I tell you what, people in New Zealand who come to this event all day on August the 6th, I'm doing so many this year, so I'm <laughs> and next, because we've got to get this out, they will have their minds absolutely blown in Section 1 alone, where I'm talking about the world that we daily experience. Um, what is happening behind the scenes, what the plan is, where it's designed to go, and the kind of world that we will live in unless unless we get our uh, act together and start to look this in the face and stop being in denial because we don't want to hear it. Yes, well, I, I'm with you. I've been up Queen Street five times with one of the most outrageous signs with Green Planet FM to put this to the people. I've interviewed some real interesting people uh, in relationship to the TPPA. We started with a band of about uh, 70 or 80 people walking up Queen Street. No, about 120 people walking up Queen Street until we got around about 25,000. However, as you know, the media won't say, come out, everybody. We're constricted to essentially free, freelance uh, and uh, media like greenpanetfm.com. Come out of a sky tower, you've seen that finger in the sky, which there's a lot of questions around. We actually have a huge, huge uh, area where we can communicate with human beings. However, one of the big problems with New Zealand is 
a lot of New Zealanders will listen to talkback radio because they only want to hear somebody who will repeat their own biases back to them. Exactly. It's another interesting point too, is that the mega internet operators like Facebook and Google and others, their plan is, they're already doing it, but their plan is to use algorithms so that you go to a news site for instance, or a news listing site. And basically before you is only that which you've basically shown you're interested in. 